Surgical Society podcast. I'm Frank Davis, the president of the Surgical Society and host of this podcast. Throughout the year, I'm going to be talking to world-leading surgeons, incredible doctors with interesting passions, and the brightest and best medical students to help you score higher in your exams. Please follow our social media, cu underscore surgstock, and rate and download this podcast. But without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So I'm delighted today to be joined by final year medical student Lizzie Forshaw, who incredibly finished number one last year in her OSCE. Welcome to uh, the podcast, Lizzie. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Uh, just first, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, yeah. So I'm Lizzie, as you said. Um, I'm in my final year, so I came straight through from school. Um, so I'm 22. I'm from the Wirral, just outside Liverpool. Some things I like doing, I like a lot of travelling, um, like being outdoors and yeah, just being around people kind of all the time. Yeah. So you say you like travelling, where, where are you heading on your final year elective? Oh yeah, so my final year elective, really exciting. Um, doing the actual elective part in Ecuador and then travelling for the bit afterwards around Peru, Bolivia. That's the plan anyway. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so you're in your sort of final um, clinical year. Uh, where are you on placement at the moment? Um, so I'm currently on the GP block um, in a practice just kind of outside of uh, Swansea it is. It's, it's really nice. I've been really lucky with the practice I've been given. And do you know what you want to go into yet? Um, keeping it all open at the moment. Um, from what I've seen, I've really enjoyed surgery, but I know it's very competitive and pretty cutthroat. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Well, you're certainly getting the scores to, uh, to help you get in. Um, and how has, has medical school gone so far? Have you always sort of been at the top of your of your year? Um, abs- absolutely not, no. Um, medical school for me has, has, has never been easy. It's, there's always been times where I felt really stressed and kind of looking ahead has felt quite daunting. Like the task at hand's always kind of felt like a bit of a mountain. Um, yeah, I think this time was just some a part where I kind of came into my own. And yeah, I've... In general, it's just kind of been about the friends that I've made and the other times at medical school, not not purely academic for me. Yeah, so you focused on like the less academic side of things. Sort of, it's it's all come through for you in the OSCE. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, you've got an incredibly high score, the highest score uh, in the year. When you sort of open those results on results day, you know, how did it feel? Were you shocked? Um, it's always strange with exams, isn't it? Because even if you kind of feel like it's gone well, you can't help but doubt yourself. So beforehand, yeah, I was very nervous opening the results. I remember being on the phone to my mum. And for me, it was kind of just about passing. I mean, anything else was a massive bonus. Mm. So I remember seeing that it was above 50, just being over the moon. felt like a massive weight had gone. And um, yeah, I was just really happy. So did you think when you walked out that it had gone well? Um, See, I, I, I never thought it had gone fantastically, but I also knew it hadn't gone badly. I'd... I was happy with how it went. Um, I think I'd given it a good performance and I'd done myself proud, but I never thought it had gone as well as it as it had. So a lot of our listeners, you know, especially you know, in Cardiff, our year twos and year fours, will want to know what those secrets are. So can you talk to us about how you revised for that exam? Okay, um, yeah, there was quite a few stages to it, really. So um, I'm really lucky enough in that um, I live with seven other medics um, and at the time, there were six of us doing the OSCE that year. Um, and so we instantly just knew that we could work together. The way that we initially started is we had a one-note document. It was like a collaborative thing. 
Um, we had a big list of all the conditions down the side that MedSoc had given us that were likely to come up, like the common things. And collaboratively over, like very gradually, we all just added to that and put kind of how that history was would present um, and then how you'd investigate that patient, um, how you'd manage them. And then also if you were, if you were to do the same but via an examination, um, kind of how that would come up. So that was the first thing we did. Which we were really lucky with because then we had all of the information just there and then from there just kind of created stations together um just kept on going over and over them so every condition that we'd written notes on we'd done a station and so we'd, we'd covered all bases it really helped that you had a big house of medics and you all practiced stations how often were you doing that then um i think initially it started maybe once a week um that was maybe about february march time and then as other exams had gotten out of the way and other commitments had, had passed, we just ramped that up. That just became a daily thing eventually. Um, but yeah, it was very slow. It, it wasn't like a zero to 100. We, we built it up very gradually, so it didn't feel like overwhelming or too daunting for us. Did making the stations help as, as well as doing them? Yeah, that's one thing that I, I would really say that is a massive tip from me, is that any subject that, or topic that you feel really weak on um, I personally made stations on that topic so that I could practice through that with people. And if I heard people listing the like the the history, the investigations, the management, and just kept on drilling it in for condition that condition that I was weak on, just meant that I then was quite confident with it towards the end. So I did a lot of like up um, stations myself because I struggle with it. And I tested other people on that so that I just kept on hearing their responses and it just really drilled it in for me. Now, there's uh, so many resources out there that you can use for practicing for, for your OSCEs. Did you find any that were particularly useful? So we, we did all kind of fall into the trap of buying the OSCE stop book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't actually say that I used it very much, to be honest with you. Um, I obviously watched the Geeky Medics um, videos on YouTube for the examinations, um, just to kind of familiarise myself with how they were doing it. But to be honest, no, not really. We just kind of used our OneNote document of our like case cases of each of the um, presentations. And we used BMJ best practice. We used okay. NICE guidelines. But um, not really any OSCE-specific ones. We, we, you know, just more just about practice for us. So let's get down into the sort of specific elements of each of the, um, when you walk into an OSCE. So the examinations, how are you revising for those? Are you, so you use the Geeky Meds videos, are you also, are you someone that sort of talks through it or do you sort of stay silent while you do it? So I, I personally like to talk through it. Um, I think it keeps me calm and it also makes sure that I'm making a, a mental tick list of what I've done. And I also think that it drills in so that if I am looking in the hands, I'm not just looking at them. I'm talking through what I'm looking for because if I wasn't talking through it, I'd be worried that the examiner would then say, what are you looking for? And I'd have forgotten. So if that just becomes a part of your routine, then it wouldn't take you by surprise if they were to um, to ask you. In terms of how often we were practising them, um, I think similarly we started maybe once a week, um, maybe twice a week. And I think throughout the week, we'd make sure that we'd each done every single examination. Um, so we were doing the examinations at least once a week, all of them. And then that just kind of built up. And then towards the end, we'd do, say, just like a neuro day. And we'd do, like, cranial nerves, upper, lower limb. Um, And then 
the other day we'd do like the big three we'd do like gastro cardio resp and towards the end it just kind of became tedious and a bit second nature but they were drilled in so that's all that matters yeah and how much time do you give to things like thyroid exams shoulder exams is it worth your time doing those um i think it's definitely worth doing them and and certainly being familiar with them for a couple of times because i mean if they were to come up and you hadn't touched them you'd kick Mm. yourself obviously i I wouldn't give put as much emphasis on them as i would the others but I, i don't think the first time that you should do that should be in an exam situation and then uh, histories, any sort of particular tips for taking histories? Um, for histories, for me, that's the most important thing. I think you need to get really good and confident with your structure of taking histories and make it into more of a conversation, less of a robotic approach. Um, just make yourself sound like a human, you know, like if, if, if somebody's... If one of the actors is saying something, they're often saying it for a reason. And I think it's very easy to just skirt onto the next question, especially in an acute station. But if a patient's saying to you, oh, I'm just really worried about my job, for example, don't just skip onto the next bit. Ask them about that. They've, they've said it for a reason. And um, I think really practice giving your friends little cues or like hiding things in the history and making them pick them out and make them dig for, for the underlying thing that's going on. And what about skills? Because I can remember when I did it, the, the STL was just sort of constantly booked out. So did you spend much time doing skills? Obviously, that's less so in the fourth year ski. So the, the medical school put on a session for everybody throughout the year to make sure that everybody's had at least one session. So I did that one. And then before that, I think I'd, I'd, I went in a couple of times. And that was more um, just to familiarise myself because they've got like an insulin needle there, which mm. I think is important to see. Um because it's different to the others. I think it was also to practice up drawing the drugs because I haven't done that kind of emplacement. Most of the skills, say like cannulation, bloods, um, I was quite confident with from being on placement, but it's it's more the rare ones. Or for example, you know, blood sugar, you know, how they, they make you wipe um, and kind of using like water for injection rather than wipes on the fingers. Um, yeah, it's just familiarising with yourself with the little things that could catch you out really. And would you agree that you should prioritise some skills? For example, I, I was told, look, like cannulas, blood, um, sort of blood glucose monitoring, they'll always come up or they'll really likely come up. Is that the case? Well, I think the likelihood of them testing you, because obviously you have your two skills, I think the likelihood of one of them being a sharp mm. um, is very high. So I think, yeah, definitely familiarise yourself with cannulation, venipuncture and like a blood glucose because they want to see that you can dispose of them sharps correctly. Um, so if you're very confident with those and then the others, you know that one of them is going to come up, but you're not quite sure which one. And then finally, in fourth year, management is is tested sort of summatively in those exams. How did you approach um, sort of revising management? So I think in terms of the, the one note that I've been talking about, we had management on there and then from there did stations. We just kept on um, emulating the OSCE as much as we could in that we had the, the management section we'd then ask like, as though we were an examiner and how would you manage this patient and I think the first time you do a station and you're not confident with it it's actually sometimes quite good because I think the more uncomfortable you are for me personally the more I remember it because if you don't know what to say then you, you just go back to your basics you kind of think about what you can say what applies to every patient in terms of making them comfortable pain relief making sure they're hydrated um, and then at the end, when they kind you kind of debrief with your examiner, well, your friend, then the management that they tell you just kind of sinks in. Go back. I made some flashcards, so um, 
a presentation and then on the back how you'd manage it you know basic things for example like how a pancreatitis would present and then on the back how you'd manage things like that okay and you mentioned that sort of feel uncomfortable do you have any particular advice for if you get to the end of your session and you don't know really what exactly it is and they ask oh, how would you further manage this patient is there anything any good little phrases that you use or anything like that in those stations, examiners will keep on asking you any further management, any further management, anything you'd like to do more. And I think it's very easy to doubt yourself and keep on talking and keep on going. But as I said, if you've covered the basics, if you have absolutely no idea what's going on, if you know that you've made the patient comfortable, um, you've spoken to your senior about things, you've asked for advice, you've asked for help, um, you've made them, yeah, make sure they're hydrated things like that that's all that you can do in that situation I think you're not expected to know everything you're not a specialist it's it's about being a human it's about making the patient feel in in good hands and yeah just don't don't fall into the trap of thinking that the examiner keeps on wanting more and more they've just got spare time and they need to fill it as well so we've talked about a bit about how you revised now in terms of like the maybe the few days leading up to the exam was your house like stressing a lot or did you try and take your foot off the gas a bit and and relax i think everybody deals with stress in very different ways don't they especially Mm. before an exam um i personally just like to remove myself from the situation Uh, before an exam i don't like to do anything to do with the exam anything to do with medicine I think it's more important by that point you've put in the groundwork you've you've done the hard work you you know what you're doing um and it's and it's easy to doubt yourself but I think it's more important at that moment to get into a a happy and and confident headspace and whatever you have to do to make yourself get into that headspace I think that that shows on the day more than anything I think if you keep on going and and keep on being stressed it'll show if you've dealt with that stress by doing something that you've enjoyed and it's calmed you down, I think you'll perform better. So I think the day before, or the days before, um, I know I definitely went for a big run because that makes me feel good, calms me down. And then my session on the actual day of the ISCI was in the afternoon. So in the morning, I made sure I had a, a nice breakfast, went for a big walk, and I think I went to a coffee shop and had a nice coffee. Nice, sounds good. So if we um, move on to the actual exam then, so you're in there. Was there anything that particularly surprised you on the day or like, or that you weren't expecting? So there was one station, actually. It, it didn't... I wasn't not expecting it, but it took me by surprise in that it was one of the stations... It was an acute station, so I was already pressed with a four-minute history. And um, the actor had um, learning difficulties and had an FPP3 mask on, yeah. a, very, a really like tight-fitting mask. And it was a hot day. It was, I mean, it's in the middle of May, isn't it? And I could tell that he was very hot. And I was asking the questions to him. He couldn't really, I couldn't really hear what he was saying because of this mask. Mm. But I also could tell that he wasn't answering my questions. He was getting quite flustered in real life. This wasn't to do with the scenario. Oh, right, okay. Um, I think he was just overheating and he was very hot. And at that point, threw me off in that I I was wanting to get my history done because it was my exam. But equally... He was a human, he was, he's a real yeah. person and he was uncomfortable and he was stressed. So that took me by surprise because I didn't actually really do much of the history. I was more focused on the act and he actually ended up leaving the station oh, and right. got really panicked. And um, yeah, I think he was just struggling to breathe with this really tight, tightly fitted mask on. So that was more a, a prime example of being a human and deal, dealing with the situation at hand rather than just the medicine. 
And did you get any particular feedback for that station? Well, you know, was the examiner like very sort of happy with how you dealt with that? Yeah, I mean, the examiner afterwards then, um, we ended up finishing that station a bit later because um, I then had to take a really quick history from the examiner and get all the information I needed. Um, but the feedback from her, yeah, it was kind of just like, I'm really impressed with how you dealt with the patient um, in this scenario. Um, like, it's good to be a good person type thing. Um, so, yeah, that was really nice to hear. What were the main sort of differences between practising at home with um, colleagues and and doing it in the real thing? Because certainly something that I found is that when you get into a habit of practising, your friends will answer really quickly. And then I found the actors were just really slow at answering or took ages to answer. Yeah, that's 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 such a valid point, actually. Um, I think also one thing that's different is obviously you're very comfortable around your friends. So examining your friend or taking a history from your friend, you're not going to feel uncomfortable. Um, and, I mean, I could always guarantee that one of my friends would be smiling at me whilst they were asking yeah. me the questions. Um, obviously, some of the examiners sit there with a stone face. Um, they give you nothing back. You could give them the biggest smile in the world and they're not interested. Which is why I think it's actually quite important to practice with with other people. So I did quite a lot of mocks with um, people that I wasn't comfortable with or with societies so that it kind of emulated that um, kind of examination environment and like an examiner role a bit more. In terms of your feedback, when you when you got sort of written feedback, was there anything that sort of stood out in terms of like constructive feedback that you can sort of share with us so we know sort of what examiners are looking for? I think from my feedback, what I'd say that examiners are mainly looking for is your history because all of my feedback was about my history. They didn't seem to be very interested in my management. They were all interested in the rapport that I'd built with the patient. Um, empathising with the patient, listening to them um, and just taking my time really, not rushing them when they had things to say, if they were having an important thing, um, I'd ask them a bit more about it and yeah, that, that was what I, my feedback was and that's what I'd really recommend is just focus on your histories. And there are other sort of like niche bits of ISKI, so the, like the S-bar handover, did you have any sort of particular advice for that? I think the S-bar is a difficult one, isn't it? Because it's it's... It's a strange thing to do and it feels quite unnatural. One thing that somebody taught me once, which I've always used, is that the S of the S bar is like a headline, as though it's a newspaper. So that's just right. one line and that that's supposed to grab the attention. It's like a headline of a newspaper, you know? So I would say, okay, the situation is and then my headline and then go into it. And I think use that headline to slow yourself down Use the minute that they give you to write down on the paper your S-bar, write it all down, write what you need to, um, kind of use it as a script and just use use it to get your breath back and, and slow down, get everything that you want to say. Um, yeah, don't rush into it, there's no rush at all. Another part of the, the card of whiskey is um, you have to present a long case. Is there any sort of advice you'd have for, you know, you're savvy with which one you pick or how you present it? Um, I think pick a case that isn't too difficult for you and pick a case that has really good guidelines to go off because the questions that they ask you, um, say about investigations or management, if you've got guidelines to go off, it's just a script, you know, you know what you're answering um, from like nice guidelines and things. So I did an ectopic, for example, right. um, investigations, it's very clear cut, it says what you need to do. And then from that, it says how you manage it, you know, in terms of whether that's expectant, medical or surgical. Um, and I really liked having that concrete, you know, I knew that 
that station to me felt like it was a breather because I knew what was coming up and I knew how I was going to answer those questions. Okay, so before the Oscar, there's always some sort of rumours that go around about what might come up, what's what's not come up. Did you and your house have any ideas of what might come up and, and did those come true? Um, yeah, so this is one thing that me and my house did do, is we managed to access, I think there's a document somewhere or pass through from other years, of kind of what's come up in the OSCEs for the past few years. And we kind of went through all of those and then went through the conditions that MedSoc had given us, the common common conditions that are going to come up. Um, we kind of didn't rule them out, we'd obviously covered them all, but the ones that hadn't come up, we then kind of thought what stations could come from them so from looking at previous years we'd we'd realized for example that there hadn't been an abdo abdo exam for a for a good while and we also knew that small bowel obstruction would be a nice easy follow-on from an abdo exam and you could also get a nice kind of x-ray like a, a nice scan to interpret and it's a nice one to manage as an f1 type thing um and so yeah that was one of our predictions so then walking into that station when we then saw an abdo exam small bowel obstruction it was yeah. <laughs> it was really settled as you know it, it, it's nice to have a few that you think might come up yeah so I'd, I'd recommend maybe doing that and so you've given you know our listeners some really really great advice any anything else that you can think of just to turn your sort of practice into into like a really good OSCE score one thing that I'd definitely recommend is that the university will put on a mock for you and that mock you're in pairs and I think you do either two or three stations each. And that, compared to the real thing of eight stations back to back, it's a big jump. So me as my house, we organised a mock with another house on a couple of occasions. Um, and we would we did a full mock for each other, basically. So you were going round e- people's bedrooms and each bedroom door had a station outside mm-hmm. of it. Um, yeah, you were going into that bedroom and then when you came out, you went straight into another one. So it was just back to back to back. Feedback was all given at the end. You didn't know how you did. And I think it's important to to go into a station, not necessarily have gone well and have feel like you've kind of done badly sometimes and have to pick yourself up, move on. You've got one minute and you're straight back into the other one. You've got to start fresh because how you've done in one station, you can't carry into the next. Everyone's fresh, you know? Yeah, because that's, that's two sort of big things that people mention about the OSCEs. One is if you feel like you've done badly on a station, you can sometimes take that into the next one and then sort of subsequently then do badly on that one. And then also it's a bit of fatigue. Like, are you going to perform as well on station eight as you have done on station one? Mm. So doing sort of a mock where you do eight back to back with another house is like a really good way to sort of practice Yeah, I'd that. say so, definitely. There's sort of two types of exams, um, SBA style and also OSCE style, people don't often do well in both of those. Have you got sort of any idea as, as to why that is? I think for the SBAs, we get into a routine of just sitting in front of our computer, don't we? Um, and just flicking through hundreds and hundreds of questions from a question bank. And it kind of just becomes memory by sight, you know, you know what you're going to click. Um, and I think having a great knowledge doesn't necessarily transcribe into talking to people and interacting with people um i'd say that's why it's, it's a very different exam i think oski although you do have to manage the patient it's it's really not all about knowledge it's not a knowledge exam it's about interacting with people it's about your social skills and it's it's just about being a good person you know like mm. how to interact with people i think you can only 
you've got to be confident that the groundwork that you've put into your friendships and relationships over the last 20 or so years of your life will carry you through that exam. That's lovely and a lovely way to, to end. Thank you so much, um, Lizzie, for coming on. You've given some, some amazing advice that I'm sure our listeners will certainly use. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much. Good luck to everybody. And yeah, remember to smile. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Surgical Society podcast where I spoke to Lizzie Forshaw, a final year medical student who ranked number one in her year for her OSCE performance. The Cardiff University Surgical Society has a mock fourth year ISCI coming up so make sure to check out the socials uh, to find out when tickets go on sale for that.